says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thank you that your word is able to cause us to know your will for our lives. And that when our hearts are open and receptive, Father, we can hear the instruction that we need to live a daily life of victory. And so as we hear the word today, I thank you that barriers have been broken. Hearts have been opened. Chains have been broken. And new things are about to be imparted into our hearts. And so as I decrease, I thank you for the anointing of God to increase, to feed every person in this room. And by faith, we will leave this place full and changed in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week was our Survivor Series weekend, and if you weren't here, this is when we use our Sunday mornings to split our married couples, which actually come to church on, at 9 o'clock, and then our singles at 11 o'clock. And we had almost 1,000 people in church on last week. Can someone get a Lord a praise clap, praise clap for that right there? That's good attendance for a, sun, a summer Sunday. What a great time we had with our married couples and our singles couples. And we talked about having financial agreement as couples. And if you are engaged or planning to get married as a single person, I would encourage you to get that CD because I believe it will bless you. And don't forget, those of you who may not know, you can go on our website and go to the podcast and you can listen to all the messages for free. We had almost two, about 75 or so singles that decided to make a commitment to actually be involved here in the vision at Word of Truth Family Church. In other words, they weren't doing anything and they decided, I'm going to do something. Amen. Amen. And so uh, as I continued to study, I felt it was necessary to go back and still deal with the heart uh, like we did on last month. Because, uh, you know, Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, just write that down. He says... If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And because believing takes place in our hearts, our hearts are a very sensitive place. And so that's why we have to be very careful of what we let in and what we let go out of our hearts. And so today I want to talk about overcoming a fearful heart. Overcoming a fearful heart. And I want you to find two verses of scripture. Find Psalm 27 verses 1. And then I want you to find 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7. I'll say that again. Psalm chapter 27, verses 1. And then 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7. And we're going to read verse 8 as well. Now, before we get into that, I want to kind of give you some signs to know whether or not you have struggled or may be struggling with fear Uh, here's just four signs. One of the signs is when you are constantly rehearsing a problem. 
When you're constantly rehearsing a problem, if it's circling your mind and it's all you think about, then that's a sign that fear is trying to dominate you. Here's another sign. Number two, when the only outcome you can see is negative. In other words, when you're looking out at a situation or you're going through something in your life and the only outcome you can see is negative. Here's number three. When you're worried about what people may say or think. You know, sometimes you can be going through something and you're so worried about what people may think. Some of us make decisions and our decisions are based on what other people may think about us. Amen. And number four, when you talk about the mountain instead of speaking to the mountain. So I want to give you a few, uh, just about three or four things and then I'm going to give you some uh, closing ways in which you can identify or overcome fear. Here's number one. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. Fear takes place in the heart. Now, if you notice, we've been talking about the heart and the heart is a place where a lot of things happen. The heart is where we believe. Romans chapter 10 say, for with the heart, man believe unto righteousness. And so fear is where it, uh, the heart is where fear takes place. And I want you to find Psalm 27 and we're going to read verses one, Psalm 27, verse one. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And who shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, watch this part, my heart, read it with me. Come on class, my heart, my heart, my heart shall not fear. Everybody say fear takes place in the heart. Now, I want you to go over to the New Testament in uh, 2 Timothy. What scripture did I tell you? 2 Timothy chapter 1. And here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you five uh, because the word fear in the New Testament comes up so many different times. I'm just going to give you an overview of all the different adjectives that fear are in the New Testament. One of the ways or uh, definitions of the word fear in the New Testament means fearless. Means you're not scared. But also, there's another word, fear, that means to dread or to, watch this, to be in reverence of. So when you read the word fear, sometimes in fear of God, it means to reverence God. Then the third way fear is used, it means to be frightened. Now, heaven tries to do this to me all the time at home. She'll hide behind a corner or something, and then she'll jump out, and I never move. She's like, Daddy, you're never scared. I'm like, this is my house. So it means to be frightened. Here's the fourth way that fear is used. It means to be cautious and to use discretion. In other words, like you're at a yellow yield light or a four-way stop sign and you have four cars there, you're going to be cautious and very careful before you pull out there. That also means fear. And then here's one that I really want you to see because it's, it's really the one that's in 2 Timothy chapter 1. It means the lacking of self-assurance, bravery, or courage. And for us to walk indoors for 2012... You're going to have to have some courage. You're going to have to walk in boldness. And you got to be brave to walk through some doors. 
And the devil is smart because all he wants us to do is be uh, panicked and he wants us to be silenced by fear. Now, go to 2 Timothy. Are you there? 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. It says, for God has not given us the what? The spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now listen, that word fear there is only used one time in the Bible. When you see a scripture that's only used one time, it's a very important scripture. And you may be sitting here saying, well, Pastor, it's not really that important. It's only been used one time. Lose one of your kids and we'll see how important that kid is. Have you ever lost a kid? Walking down, you know, down the street or walking in the mall and next you look up and they gone. That one kid becomes very important. Well, this scripture is very, very important. And see, what I found is that most people, because fear comes in a lot of situations. Sometimes fear comes through adversity. When you're going through a fight, when you're going through difficulty. And most people have a problem to me. They are afraid of adversity. They are afraid of persecution. And see, you can't be afraid of persecution. You can't be afraid of fear. You can't be afraid because if the devil sniffs fear, the Bible says he goes and tries to devour who he can. He can't devour everybody. Now go to 1 Timothy quickly. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. And I want you to write down the second point. Fear does not come from God. Fear does not come from God. When you see fear trying to rise its head up in your life, it's not coming from God. And you got to know that because if you don't, you'll, you'll suck into fear. In 1 Peter chapter 5, watch what it says in verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a rowing lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, let me just put something in here right here. The only way he does that is by using people and circumstances. If God uses people, who do you think the devil uses? He uses people. And so he's going to try to do his best to use people to devour us. But notice it says, We ought to resist him steadfast in the faith. And that's why faith is so important. And how does faith come? It comes by hearing the word. So listen, you can keep your shield of faith up as long as your ears are hearing the word. And see, man, one of the best times to get built up in the word is when you're going through something. David said in Psalm 119, 71, he says, he said, it is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I may learn your word. Sometimes it's when we're in the cave that we learn more about God than we learned when we were outside of the cave. So don't let the devil push you into a corner and then cause you to start crying. Use that time to get to know God like you've never known him before. But I want you to see something here about this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5. He goes on to say, but the God of all grace, who's called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. See, suffering, first of all, is not eternal. It's just a little while. And if you don't have your perspective right, you can be going through something and feel like you're going to be going through this all of your life. Suffering is just a little while. But let me show you God's purpose or what God wants to make happen when you're going through suffering. He says he wants to make you and I perfect. Now the word perfect there means to complete. It Watch this now. It means to repair or be mended. 
In other words, write down Mark chapter 1 verse 19. It says, and when he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his father, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. And, and that word mending is the same word over here for the word perfect. So when we're going through something, God wants to mend us because we may have been broken in the process. It means perfect. He says, he wants to make you perfect. He wants to establish you. The word establish means to strengthen, to make stable, to make firm. I like that. In other words, there's a purpose in adversity. There's a purpose when fear tries to come. If we'll just recognize it. See, you can only be scared if you don't know how big the greater ones inside of you is. How many had a bully growing up when you see anybody? Okay, not enough hands. How many were you the bully? <laughs> got a hand over here and a hand over here. <laughs> Sometimes you got to knock the bully out. And if you were smart, you'd get about three or four people and gang up on the bully. That's how you do it. That's called intercessory if you didn't know. <laughs> he says he wants to strengthen us. And the word strengthen means to make strong. Then he says he wants to settle you. That means he wants you to be ground. In other words, God's goal when fear and adversity comes is to mend us where we're broken, strengthen us where we may be weak, make us stronger than when we started, and settle us in truth. So when the devil comes your way, you can stare him right down to the ground. And see, some of you all are in circumstances, and you don't know that the only reason you have frozen is because fear has frozen you. Some of you all, God is telling you, go back to school, but you're frozen. He's saying, have that baby again. Well, how am I doing? I'm struggling now. Well, maybe it's because if you don't see God as your source, you'll struggle with everything. Let me tell you something. You can never have enough money to get married or have kids. And I got three caps from three couples. The rest of y'all are rich. Praise the Lord. No, that's never a right time. You just got to do it. Amen. He wants us to, he wants to develop us into strong, unwavering, mature men and women of God so that he can put us on display to the devil. I mean, can you imagine God putting Job on display? Job wasn't, he, Job ended up in there because his Bible says what he feared the most came upon him. Well, you know what? He meditated on fear too long. And then here's the third thing I want you to write down quickly. And then I'm going to tell you how to overcome a fearful heart. We have control over whether we allow our hearts to fear or not. We have control. Just like you have control over slapping somebody. You have control of whether you fear or not. And many of us don't know that. I want you to turn over to uh, Isaiah. No, John chapter 14. Go to John chapter 14. Let me show you this. This is an awesome truth. John chapter 14. We have control over whether we allow our hearts to fear. John chapter 14 and verse 1. Jesus said, let not your heart be what? He said, let not your heart be troubled. Which says that I have the power to not let it happen. And if you're sitting up worrying, trying to figure out, 
And when he's going to come home or when she's going to come home or when my kid's going to act right or when if they're going to lay me off or not. If you're sitting around thinking about that, I'm telling you, you are letting your heart be troubled. And when you allow your heart to be troubled, it opens up the door for fear to come in. We have control over whether our hearts fear or be troubled. And anytime we allow our hearts to slip into worry, fear, or anxiety, it's only because we've lost confidence in God's word. See, God's word, it's a lamp, and it's a light, and it's a shield, and it's, 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 it's like a navigation system. And see, if you learn how to see the end at the beginning, you won't fear. Have you ever not been at home and there was a big fight? On TV, and you weren't home to watch it, so you recorded it. How many record shows at home? Let me see hands. Okay. Then you come home, and uh, what I do is on the big fights, I would still ask somebody who won. But then I would still go home and watch it. Now, it might be at the last round, the person that they told me who was going to win was losing. But I sat there anyway because I knew I had some information ahead of time. And see, I didn't worry about who was going to win or lose. I knew because somebody had told me and it was already Tebow. And I was just watching the movie to see it in. That's how you got to deal with fear. Oh, no. You have to see the end at the beginning. I mean, what did God do in your life the last time this happened? Amen. So how do we overcome a fearful heart? Here's the part I wanted to get to right here. How do we overcome a fearful heart? Here's number one. I want you to write this down. You must have biblical insight to overcome fear. Biblical insight. In other words, you must see the end from the beginning. And in Isaiah chapter 7, go to Isaiah chapter 7. Go to Isaiah 7. You must see or have biblical insight to overcome fear. And I love Isaiah chapter 7. You probably have never read this verse before. I'm starting in verse 3, and I'm going to read verse 3 through verse 7. It says, Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, He says, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, you and Shir Jashub, whoever his name is, thy son at the end of the conduit. Don't name your son that, please. (laughs) Verse 4. And say unto him, Take heed. Watch what he tells him. Be quiet. Because sometimes when you're in fear, you're telling everybody. Oh, the devil knows where he's got you because you're just talking about it. He says, be quiet. Read it with me. What did it say? Fear not. Say it again. Fear not, neither be faint hearted. Watch this. For the two tails of these smoke and fire brands. Look what the God talk, call these people. For the fierce of anger of Rezin in Syria of the son of Remelia, because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remelia have taken evil counsel against you. He says, let us go up unto Judah and vex it or trouble it. And let us make a breach, there for, breach therein for us and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tobiel. Watch verse 7. Then the Lord says, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. God said, look, you can see, the devil can try to make something happen, but it ain't going to happen. And many of us, we take too much time trying to look at what we think is going to happen. 
And you know, most fear, if you go back and trace it, it never happened. Because fear are things that appear to look real and they're not. It's like an illusion. And the devil wants us to meditate on it. Once you meditate on it, what are you going to do? The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? Your mouth speaks. And then your mouth opens up. And then he's get, now he sees, okay, wow, I see. They're not in faith. They're in fear because I just heard what they said. So what he does, he continues to create circumstances so you can keep saying it more and more. And then the Bible says, Jesus said, you will have what you say. So the next thing you know, what you feared started happening and it only did because of what you said. So we see here, God said, fear ain't going to happen. It shall not come to pass. You have to have an end of the road view at the beginning of the road. Here's number two. You must get a personal revelation that overcoming is in you. Go to, go to 1 Samuel. Just go to backwards. Go to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. You have to get a personal revelation that overcoming's on the inside of you. Man, when I got this revelation, I don't care who the devil brings. What he brings. See, most of us don't even know. It's not the devil messing with us. You know, the devil has demons. The devil cannot be in every place at all times like God. He's not all present. So he can only be at one time in one situation. He's not messing with you. He doesn't send his little roaches after you. He got little roaches. So just put, what do you do with a roach? Come on. You ever had company growing up and y'all had roaches? <laughs> Somebody just pointed at their husband. Yeah. <laughs> Watching TV and it's nighttime and he just said, you know, because, you know, the, the, you know, that song that said the freaks come out at night. No, the roaches come out at night too. Cut that light on. Boom. I learned this revelation. I'm going to show you to you here. Because, see, you got to get a personal re- revelation. That overcoming's on the inside. So whether you're facing a financial crisis, whether you're facing a marital crisis, whether you're facing an economic crisis, regardless of what crisis you're facing, you got to know that overcoming is on the inside of you and you have to have a revelation of that. You can't use nobody else's testimony. You have to have one. Watch this. In 1 Samuel 17, I'm going to start in verse 37. It says, David said moreover that the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He had a testimony. He said, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And then Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with you. And Saul handed David with his armor and put an helmet of brass on his head. And also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded up his sword upon his armor and he essayed to go. For he had not proved it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with your armor. You can't live on somebody else's testimony. Listen, there's one day you got to fight till you go all the way through that thing. See, the Bible said the kingdom of God suffers violence, but it's the violence that take it by force. Sometimes you just can't lay down and pray the devil away. You got to get up and do something. Watch this now. David said, I can't use this man. And David put it off of him, verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand and he chose him five smooth what class? David picked up five smooth stones. And when I was studying years ago, I looked up that word stone. And in the Hebrew, guess what it is? It's the word Evan. I said, my name means a giant killer. I will knock you out. Yes, sir. 
No, 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 no. No, seriously. My name, when you look that word up in the Hebrew, stones, it means it's spelled E-B-E-N, my name. And so now I look at that like, you know what? God knew what to name me, and it don't matter what comes, whatever giant may try to come up, I will fight him and I will win. Now, see, some of y'all talking about physical fighting. See, you can't, no, no, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. So you got to learn the word to fight the devil. Because Jesus said, it is written. So look what happened. Verse 41. And the Philistine came and drew near to David, and then he slew him, if you keep continue to read it. In other words, you got to have your own testimony. And there were times I've seen when, when we started this church years ago. And the Lord said, Eben, don't work. I want you to do this full time. How many know that's a challenge? We started with three full-time people and 22 people. And he said, don't do it. But you know what? I went and looked for a job anyway. You know why? Because I had Mm-hmm. I wasn't grounded. I was grounded in the word, but I wasn't grounded in this new situation he was telling me to go out into. So we went out looking for a job and couldn't find a job to save our life. Couldn't find a job. I mean, I'm very qualified. Couldn't find a job. Wife went with me. We both went as a couple. How both of us? They didn't even return my call. Finally, Lord said, Evan, okay. Are you going to supply your need or am I going to supply your need? See, what you don't understand is years years ago when I was single and I was getting married to my wife. And the Lord told me to go to uh, Bible school and finish Bible school. He says, I want you to get married to her right after Bible school. So when your parents come to see you graduate, they can go to the wedding at the same time. I said, what you say? Got all that money to be doing that? I need to go back to America. I was in Jamaica. Go back to America. Get me a job. Get me some more money so I can come marry this lady. He said, this is what he said. Okay, are you getting married according to my riches and glory or your riches and glory? I said, I ain't got no riches and I ain't got no glory. (laughs) But see, I learned how he was Jehovah Jireh years ago. So when it was time now for him to provide for Word of Truth Family Church, it was easier than necessary because guess what? I had prior experience. And some of you sitting here, you got to stop crying. Some of y'all ready to jump out the boat? Don't jump out the boat. Some of y'all ready, ready, ready to get out, jump out the marriage? Don't jump out. Let me tell you something. If you jump out the boat and you marry, let's say you get married again. The next person had the same thing your last per- per- person had. That's, they got the same equipment. Take that one however way you want. <laughs> For real. No, seriously. Just put your dukes up, ground your feet, and begin to put your face in that word. Because, see, when things get hot, you got to know what you got. Amen. Here's the last one real quick. Here's the last one. To overcome fear, we must trust God to do what we can't do and take care of situations we can't control. 
We got to trust God to do that. See, that's when, uh, that's when you have a big brother or some big friends that, you know, when I was growing up, I was real small. I was 5'5 five, five in the 10th grade. I'm 6'4 now, so I grew in college. So I was a little fella. So I wasn't going to fight you unless I could fight you was 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> if you was an inch tall, I'm going to have to, I got to go get somebody else. So I'll never forget, we, we were uh, at this, ba- my, we lived right across the street from this baseball park growing up. And uh, they would always have these big tournaments and all that stuff. And so, you know, I'm at this tournament and uh, this kid comes up to me and threatens me. I'm like, here in my neighborhood. He didn't live over here. He just came in, you know, because it was different teams coming through. And I was like, he threatened me. So I said, stay right here. I'll be right back. Went over here and got my boys over here. We started a whole riot at that baseball park. And I didn't get hit by nobody. Because I had a big brother. I had some cousins. Some of y'all going, well, he's just using fighting examples this morning. No, 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 no. What I'm saying, my point is, you got to trust God to do what you can't do. You got to bring in the op squad. You got to bring in the, the Navy SEALs. Instead of crying, oh no, say, uh, can you stand in prayer with me right now? About what? My marriage is going to be great. God is blessing him. My husband is, he's acting right. He's bringing all his money home. And he's, uh, That was a word for somebody. Take your money home. Take it home, okay? Take all of it home. Let her deposit your check. Just let her do it. Psalm 37, 1 says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. Why? For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as green herbs. Then it goes on to say, Trust in the Lord and do good. And so shall you dwell in the land and so shall you be fed. Don't worry about what everybody's, what's going on. God's going to take care of that for you. See, fear gives you an opportunity to flex your faith muscles. Listen, if you didn't have opportunities to be fearful, you wouldn't know if your faith was going to work or not. See, some of you all need to literally do some spiritual push-ups. Now, I'm going to do one because that's all I know how to do. I'm going to do the girl push-up too. (laughs) I did one. See, if if you can use your words to speak to a mountain, you can definitely knock one out. I believe God wants you to be infused with some spiritual uh, steroids. So instead of walking around fearful, trying to figure out, well, how is this going to work? What is this going to work? You know, one of our members' son, uh, he's looking to play professional baseball. And, and man, nobody looked like they were picking him up and picking him up. and, And I just told him, listen, stand in there. If that's your dream, God's going to open up an open door. Just hang in there. Well, he got a call last week. It's on the minor level, but it's all good. You got to start somewhere. Amen. So what are you fearing today? What are you fearing? 
What's in your face? What's making you worry? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you to talk about? What's, what's causing you to be negative? What's causing you to rob Peter to pay Paul? What's causing you to do that? Every head bowed and every eye closed right here where you are. Here's my question to you. What's causing you to fear right now? We're going to spiritually arrest that thing this morning. Spiritually arrest that thing this morning.